Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 352. So just go crazy. You know, you can have a passion and you can have something that you want to do and that doesn't mean you need to quit your day job. You can find ways to do it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Chris Haluski. Chris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Let's do it. All right. Great to have you here. Christopher Haluski is a passionate guy who loves cars and design. After purchasing a 1975 BMW 2002, he didn't have a lot of money left over to repair or restore the car, so he got an idea. His challenge would soon lead him to the formation of Manual Designs, Christopher's company where he creates handmade artwork of classic cars using a stencil and spray paint technique that he learned during his college years studying graphic design. Christopher's work has been featured in various publications, including Top Gear Magazine and Uncrate.com. Chris has also done artwork for automotive companies, including Jonathan Ward's Icon, Jonathan's been a guest here on Cars, yeah, and Bavarian Autosport. So Chris, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your business and your passion? For automobiles. Sure. So I went to college for design. And while in college, I was definitely pursuing my passions for design and art and architecture. But I was also very passionate about cars. And I had, in the back of my mind, dreamed of being an automotive designer. And when I started doing a little bit of research, I realized that I was kind of past the point. And I realized that there was actually schools for automotive design. And this was a career path that a lot of people decided to go down while they were still in high school. Mm -hmm. So I kind of realized I had missed the boat on that, or it was maybe a little bit too late. So I kind of tabled that and continued to follow my passions for design and artwork as I went through school. But I was still very much enjoying cars and the automotive lifestyle. Um, my very first car was an E30 BMW that was given to me for free from someone who worked at the church I attended. Oh, he nice. was yeah, he was moving out of state and just kind of, it was an old car. It had like 250,000 miles on it. It was beat up. So he just wanted to get rid of it. And he knew I was about to get my license. So he just gave it to me. Perfect. But yeah, it was great. And it was an awesome first car. You know, it was a manual. So I learned to drive stick right away. And it was just a blast to drive. So my passion for cars as a teenager just kind of came to fruition with this car. And I just totally loved it. 
And so even though I had given up on becoming an automotive designer, I got to enjoy driving and being part of the um, automotive community. Very cool. Well, we're going to learn a little bit more about the back-end story of here, how manual design started because of a need to raise some capital to work on a 2002, which is also a very cool car. But first, as we continue your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Chris, take the wheel. Sure. So my quote is actually from one of my college professors, so this isn't going to be a quote that anyone would know. And the quote is just, go crazy. Go crazy. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, can I tell you the story behind it? I would love to hear the story. Sure. So I was in a 3D design class, so sculpture um, and just 3D design in a lot of various ways. And the final project of the semester was to take a very, very tiny object and sculpt it very in a very large scale. Mm. So for the project, I chose a ring of my girlfriend's, who's now my wife. And it was a very intricate ring with a lot of filigree and small stones on it. Mm-hmm. And so I chose that. And I showed it to my professor and I told him that this is what I was going to do. And I was going to sculpt it out of foam. And he saw it and he just said, all right, man, just go crazy. Just throw yourself at it and don't worry about how long it takes. Go crazy, man. And so I did. I spent countless hours just night after night carving this huge block of foam. It was probably about a five-foot cube that I carved. Oh, my gosh. um, I just, you know, really threw myself at it and gave it everything. And at the end, it came out great. And the professor loved it. And as soon as he saw it, he kind of said, you went crazy. You did it. (laughs) You know. I, too, studied graphic design, and I had the same project. And what I ended up making was a giant can of sardines. It was so big you could lay down in the can. Nice. And our professor said to step out of your comfort zone, so this required me to sew using a sewing machine, which I'd never done before. Mm. And so I found fabric that looked like fish, and long story short, I ended up with this giant can of sardines, made a big key out of metal, and yeah, so uh, yeah, go crazy. Definitely, sounds like we both went a little crazy there. I love that. Could you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Tell me about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. You know, I don't know if there was one single moment, but... Growing up as a kid, my parents had a BMW E30 3 Series, and I don't particularly remember that car, but as I started becoming a teenager and showing some interest in my car in cars, my parents would always talk about this car that they had, and they loved it, and they always regretted having let it go. And it kind of just burned this image into my mind of this car, you know, this BMW, that it must have been such a fun, great car if they keep talking about it. Sure. And so... That, coupled with my own kind of interest as I started reading magazines and watching movies and stuff um, with cars, it kind of was a more slow burn for me to get into cars and become very passionate about them. Well, now you're passionate about them. And this 2002 that you bought, is this a car that you've been able to to restore and you're working on now with the, the income you're earning from manual designs? 
Yeah, so it's still in progress. I've actually heard quite a few of your guests say that some of the best advice they ever got was to never buy a car to restore <laughs> it, but to buy the car that's already been restored. Yep. I wish I had been given that advice Yeah. because I'm still restoring it and certainly I've put more money into it than it'll ever be worth, or at least in the foreseeable future. Sure. But it's it's coming along good. It's basically I stripped it down down to the frame um, and to the, to the body, had it sandblasted, repainted wow. all the bodywork done had to get a new engine for it so it was basically a n- complete nut and bolt restoration which is i'd say about 75 percent of the way done oh cool well sometimes with those restorations uh the fun part is the process as well and you just have to forget about the cost and just yes. focus on having fun yes yeah exactly. that's why we call it the car hobby sometimes <laughs> yeah Chris, what I'd love to do now is get under the hood a little bit and take a journey down some of the roads you've traveled and talk about a big challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career or your life. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? What did it teach you? Yeah. So when I was in college, my final year of school, I was a fine arts major. And so we had a big thesis project. And for this project, I wanted to design a car and create a whole marketing campaign around it. Um, You know, like I said, I had kind of given up on that hope of becoming an automotive designer. But I saw this thesis project as kind of one opportunity I could at least take a stab at it and have some fun with it. So I designed my own BMW supercar. It was an M1 homage before BMW even did their own M1 homage. And I had a lot of fun doing it. And one of the industrial design teachers at the school saw my sketches and saw the work I was doing. And he hated it. He, you know, he critiqued me very harshly. um, And he was very, very rough and very um, almost cruel about it because he, and admittedly, my sketching skills weren't that great at the time. But it it was really rough and it was very hard criticism. And it was very disheartening at the time. And kind of just, you know, moved on from it and didn't really know how to handle that. And then fast forward five or so years and I start this business manual designs where I'm creating artwork of drawings of cars and I've become very successful doing it. And I feel like in my own way, it's kind of, I had to prove to myself that I could do this and I have, and I, I would love to see the look on that teacher's face if, uh, he knew what I'm doing now, and uh, I'd love to sit down and have a have a drink with him. Well, do you think that his harsh critique gave you a nice little shove or a nudge? I mean, I know it was painful at the time because I remember going through some of those critiques, and you spend countless hours, and you feel pretty good about what you did, and then somebody just rips it to shreds. Yeah. Uh, and then when you get into the real world, and you present something to a client who's paying you, and they do the same thing, It feels even worse (laughs) because you realize, oh, gosh, now now only do I feel bad. I'm not even going to get it paid. (laughs) So do you think that the lesson there that we can pull from this is is that really push you to try to prove yourself and 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 take some steps out of your comfort zone and, and get better at what you need to get better at? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was it was very hard to hear at the time, but it definitely did push me to try even harder and throw myself at my projects even more. And then also, I think it helped me to develop a little bit of a thicker skin. Mm. Um, you know, I'm in my during the day. I'm an art director at a design agency, and so there's a lot of dealing with clients. And <laughs> not every client loves every single thing we do. Oh yeah. And so there's certainly the the need to have a thick skin and to take criticism well and to not let it hurt your feelings and be constructive about it and 
find the right solution. And so I think that was definitely a very early scenario that taught me that lesson, which has been very important and very um, useful in my career. Uh, yes, great lesson. I think you and I could sit down and have a few beers talking about yeah. dealing with challenging clients, yeah. <laughs> for sure, and all the lessons that we learned from those things, which are actually end up being great lessons. Let's yeah. shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. Would you share a story with me that is one of those aha moments in your career? I like to say it's when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction you have. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. So for me, I think it kind of, it stems from or, or led to the creation of manual designs. So like I talked about, I was very passionate about cars growing up, um, but I never worked on them. My dad wasn't really a car guy. So we never really had cars that we would work on. And after having one or two cars and having a little bit of disposable income, I kind of decided that I wanted to learn how to work on cars myself. And being you know, passionate about the BMW mark, I thought that an older BMW might be a really good way to get into this. You know, something that was simpler, not as much electronics, something that I could just basically talk to friends in the BMW club and watch some videos on YouTube and just kind of start tinkering around and learning how cars work. Mm -hmm. So that led me to finding an old beat up 2002 to buy. So I was able to buy that, but I didn't have that much money saved up. And after some conversations with my wife, uh, we basically came to the conclusion that I was not to spend any of our general income on this project (laughs) car, which was quite the conundrum when I had this car sitting in the driveway that could barely run and was in pretty terrible shape. And so without much money to work on it, I didn't really know where to go next. So uh, we started talking more and, you know, she basically she basically came up with the idea, well, why don't you start a business and do something and you can make some money and then you can take that money and you can restore this car however you'd like to. Sure. So I spent a couple of weeks kicking around some different ideas and it kind of all came back to my experiences in college and my desire to be an automotive designer. And I also did some stencil artwork in college. And so I kind of married all these different things that have been culminating over the years. And that led me to creating my very first design of a BMW 2002. So the idea started with, I'll just make some posters of a 2002 and I'll sell enough to hopefully eventually one day restore the car. And so that one little idea was kind of the aha moment to start this business, which has become much more than just one print of one car. I love this story, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because most of my guests have their own businesses in the automotive field. And you work as an art director in another company, but you had that entrepreneurial spirit and that nudge of that car and the great wisdom of, of the smart lady you married. You were, you were <laughs> wise to do that, that she gave you that encouragement and the idea there. Tells our listeners that, you know what? There's opportunities out there. No matter what you're doing, if you're entrepreneurial, sidepreneur, uh, whatever you want to call it, you're trying Mm -hmm. to start a business on your own while you're doing something else, it's all possible. Yeah. And so listen to Chris's story, a little bit of my story here with Cars Yeah, how it was started. If you just listen to Show 300, you'll get the story behind that. I love it. I love the backstory, and that's why I really wanted to have you on the show. That's great. How about proudest career moments. I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you'd like to share with us? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, after I had been doing manual designs for about a year or two, and I got featured on a website called uncrate.com. And I had a huge influx of orders and interest from a bunch of people. And it was really great time. And 
one of the people who got in touch with me was one of the editors of Top Gear magazine in the UK. Ah, cool. And I'm a huge fan of the TV show Top Gear, Mm -hmm. um, and I've read the magazine um, a bunch of times. And so being recognized by such a global brand that I was such a huge fan of myself for me was um, a very proud moment that I would have my artwork featured in their magazine. Very cool. You know, it's wonderful. And especially nowadays with the internet and the reach that we have to the world is is really spectacular. And even myself here, I've got listeners in 94 different countries. (laughs) Sometimes I sit here and go, wow, there's guys in Cambodia who want to listen to Cars. (laughs) Yeah, and learn about these, these stories. So yeah, it's pretty fun when that happens. So that's a great story. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? And if you could share a memory you have with that car. So it would probably be my first car, the one that I talked about. That uh, It was a BMW 325e, 1985, mm-hmm. which is actually the same year I was born. So oh, my gosh. There's, some, there's something neat about that, that this car, which was my first car, was also made the same year that I was born. Very cool. Well, tell me a little bit about that car. You said it was pretty rough, but uh, were you able to do a lot of things to it to fix it up, work on it? You know, I didn't. And like I had said, because my dad was never really the kind of guy who worked on cars, I never, you know, when I had that first car, I didn't really get my hands too dirty. Although being a designer and an artist, the one thing I did want to do was paint it. So mm-hmm. basically me and a friend got a bunch of black spray paint, <laughs> uh, masked off the car and gave it a nice fresh coat of black paint just using some uh, Home Depot spray paint. <laughs> the rattle can paint job. <laughs> yeah, it came out pretty good. Awesome. Cool. Cool. I love it. Let's talk a little bit about seller's remorse. Is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Or is there a vehicle that you purchased that you thought shortly after, what was I thinking? So I hate to repeat myself, but again, it all goes back to that first car. Mm -hmm. I had gotten into a small accident with it. It was a snowy day here in New Jersey, and I kind of ran off the road into some blocks and cracked the oil pan. Mm. And at the time, I was a college student and didn't really have the money or want to put the money into the car, which at the time I thought was pretty worthless. So I basically let it go and found another car. And I constantly regret having let that car go because now with the kind of cult status that E30s have attained, I wish I had just held on to it. Even if I didn't fix it at the time, I wish I had just held on to it until I did have the money to fix it. Sure. (laughs) Well. I have a guy that I worked with for many years named Tim who has a E30 that I think has probably got a half million miles on it. And I know the car is sitting. Maybe I should call him up and uh, <laughs> see if he wants to ship that thing to the East Coast. It's sure. it's actually in not bad shape for as many miles that are on it. And the thing just keeps going and going and going. So yeah. maybe I can set you up there. We'll see. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about current projects. And, and maybe you want to talk a little bit more here. I'd love to hear a little bit more about all the different things you're doing at Manual Designs. But are there projects you're working on right now that really have you excited and fired up? Yeah, so I'm trying to spend a little bit more time actually on the business lately. Um, over the past year or so, I, I was moving and so wasn't able to give it as much focus as I'd like to. But now that things have calmed down, I'm getting into a routine now where I'm going to be introducing one new print every month. Mm, perfect. Which is great because it keeps me excited about doing new prints and new artwork. And then it keeps the the fans and the customers who I interact with, it keeps them interested and excited and engaged. So I'm really excited to get back into a more consistent flow of artwork. Well, it's a great idea. I'll tell you, just from experience, I worked in years in the retail business selling products. And 
One of the most important things is keeping products fresh and new in front of your customers because there's so many ways for them to get distracted these days. There's so many, as I call them, bright, shiny objects on the internet Mm -hmm. coming at them, and pretty soon you're just kind of the forgotten person. So you're on a good track there. Tell our listeners a little bit about some of the prints that you do. I love your logo. It's basically a shift pattern with manual designs, but what are some of the vehicles other than the BMWs you've mentioned that you have artwork of? Yeah, so I started out just with the BMWs, and then I kind of branched into other German brands. So I added a 911 SC from the 80s, uh, 190E. Um, And then from there, I just kind of started trying to get a pulse of what are the classic cars that people are interested in. And the people who, you know, I started talking to people who were buying my artwork and saying, what other cars would you be interested in having a print of to hang up in your garage or your office? And so from there, I just kind of followed my audience, which has mostly led to cars from the 70s, 80s, mostly European cars. So yeah, it's a pretty wide variety. And then on top of doing these series prints where I produce anywhere from 10 to 100 prints, um, I also do custom prints where people can come to me and commission me to make a print of their car. And that's been really fun because they'll send me photos of their car. And then I also get to hear the stories behind their car. And I'll make a print, a one-off print of their car just for them. And it's usually really special because it's a car that had a lot of meaning to them. And that's why they want this print to either commemorate it because they they sold it and they regret that. Or it's become a show car so they don't really drive it as much. And so now it's... You know, they want this artwork to com- commemorate it in that way. Probably my favorite print that I've ever done was a uh, husband and wife had gotten married, and their honeymoon for their honeymoon they went to Africa, and they got a Toyota uh, Land Cruiser, and they spent about two months just touring Africa on safari. They had one of those tents on the roof and all kinds of jerry cans and everything, and so after their honeymoon. They sold the truck while they were still in Africa. They didn't want to bring it back home with them. And so they got in touch with me, and I did a print of their truck with all of this gear on it. And the print itself came out great, but the story behind it was even better. And I just enjoyed doing it so much for them. Very cool. You know, I had several guests that come to mind as you're telling me this story. Steve Anderson, who's an illustrator, he's a a designer, actually, automotive designer for GM, but he does these wonderful illustrations of people's cars. I've got several in my home of cars that I've owned that he's created. I just ran into him down at Rensport. And then Nicholas Hunsiker, who does marvelous paintings of cars. And something that I didn't see on your website, but maybe you've thought of this, that uh, Nicholas has been very successful with are T-shirts, putting your design on T-shirts. Yeah, actually, I just started doing that. Oh, Um, great. So, yeah, that's definitely a good opportunity for me to uh, expand the business. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say definitely go down that path. It's it's taken Nicholas to all sorts of heights because his his paintings are very elaborate. They're very expensive, but the T-shirts are a way for people to get their hands on something pretty quick. So you're going Mm -hmm. down a great path here, Chris. I think you've got a lot of success, especially coming up with Christmas. So there's a little pitch for you for uh, those car fans out there to get themselves a print or a shirt. For Christmas, or as I mentioned in our pre-show chat, gifts for your car buddies. Uh, yeah. Another great thing. Now, here's a very introspective question. If you were a car, Chris, what kind of car would you be and why? So this is a tough one. I thought about it a lot, actually. And I think I would be a 2002 because they're not the, they're not the fastest car, but they're sporty. They're fun. They're very unique. They're a little quirky, but they look great. 
not to say that I look great, but um, <laughs> they're they're just very well designed. They're very thoughtfully designed, and I like to at least think of myself as a thoughtful designer and artist in my own right. There you go. Yeah, I love that question. That's why I ask it. It brings out some really interesting answers, and it was uh, actually the idea was given to me by an artist, Harold Cleworth. Thanks who's been on the show before. He's the one that gave me the idea for that question. So I always call it the Herald question. So (laughs) great. So Chris, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products Deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYA.com slash sponsors. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Okay, Chris, we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? When driving aggressively, your car can only brake or steer or turn. It can't do more than one thing. (laughs) Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Probably goes back to that quote of go crazy, just the idea of really enveloping myself in any project that I'm doing and giving it every ounce of energy that I've got. There you go. Commitment and passion. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would really enjoy? Yeah, Octane Magazine. Mm. It's a classic car magazine put out in the UK. And the photography, the design of the magazine, the writing, everything about it is top-notch. It's a really, really great publication. It is. I've been a subscriber to Octane for many years. I love that publication. There's several great publications coming out of the UK, but I like that one. Is there one book in particular you think the Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy? Yeah, The Driver by Alex Roy. Alex is someone who 
for a while held the record for driving co- cross country. Uh, I think he did it in something like 32 hours. Oh my gosh. Um, and so he wrote a book about his experience of um, getting into this kind of world of underground racing and fighting for the record for driving cross country as quickly as possible. It's a really great book. Kind of a, a modern day cannibal run. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he was really, he was inspired by those movies and he kind of wanted to see if there was any validity to these fictional stories. And he found a real world kind of group of guys who were doing this. Very cool. Yeah, Barack Yates book and then, of course, the movie. Yep. So very good. Yep. Yes, the movie was a little goofy, but um, it's fun to see the car. So yeah. <laughs> I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyad.com slash Chris Holuski. And Chris's last name is H-O-L-E-W-S-K-I. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars, Chris? I'm very passionate about watches. I love the design um, and the mechanical aspect of watches. I think it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I also am interested in architecture. We're actually in the process of building a house right now, and I designed the house myself wow. um, and then then worked with an architect to create the actual plans but that was a really fun process and it's interesting and very fascinating to see the house being built now oh gosh i'm very envious i would love to do that someday my father was an architect and still is an architect actually um still practices architecture for projects and things but uh yeah i'd love to design my own home sometime It'd be fantastic all right we're up to the checkered flag and this last question can be a real doozy if you could only have one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, so that new home you've got, you might want to make the garage a little bit bigger, <laughs> a little bit more special for this special car. What would that one vehicle be and why? This is a really tough one. I knew I knew this question was coming, and I actually had to do <laughs> some research on it. And I found the, the exact one that I want, and it's a the 1957 Aston Martin DBR1. Um, so this is the car that Aston Martin won the 24 Hours of Le Mans with. Um, it was driven by Carroll Shelby and Sterling Moss. It's a beautiful car. So the combination of the beauty, the mark, and the history behind the car, it just kind of all adds up, at least for me, to the perfect car. You know, uh, yes, you picked a, a wonderful, wonderful car. A friend up here in the Northwest who has a DBR2 mm-hmm. that is very similar. And those cars are just... Uh, they're works of art. They really are. The long lines, the curved rolling fenders. Uh, you've picked a really, really great car. I love that. It's going to look good in your new house, I think. Yeah. Well, Chris, you've taken me on a great ride. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 57 Aston Martin DBR1? Yeah, so just go crazy. You know, you can have a passion and you can have something that you want to do. And that doesn't mean you you need to quit your day job. Um, You can find ways to do it while still supporting yourself with a a regular job. and Go crazy. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. Well, you know, it's a great uh, word of advice, again, for entrepreneurial spirit, people listening to Cars Yeah, entrepreneurs, sidepreneurs. Yep. If you have a thought or a process, you can start something on the side. Stay dedicated. Work hard. Chris is doing it, and you can do it too. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business and purchase some of these prints and these uh, new shirts you're doing? Yeah, so my website is manualdesigns.com, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, both at Manual Designs. Awesome. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about today at carsyad.com. Just put Chris 
in the search box, and his show notes page will pop right up with links to his site. Christmas isn't that far away. The holidays are coming, and uh, I think I think I'm going to buy a couple of these for. Maybe I shouldn't say that because my friends are listening. Now they're going to know what they're going to get. Forget it. <laughs> Check out Chris's website. I think you're going to love what he's doing. I really like your designs. Really fantastic. Chris, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences and your journey with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark, so much. This has been great. I really appreciate being on your show. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!